Welcome to the Sports and Songs episode, season two, episode number 30. Your host, Ann and Dandy, on the first ever All Deck episode. How are you doing, Andy? All decks, all hands on deck. Yes, we're good. We're going to try out, see how this goes here. Hopefully the uh, audio microphones and speakers and internet bandwidth sound just okay here. So, Andy, you've got a bunch of sports. I've got a trivia question and some sports and an album album review. We've got a lot of baseball going on. And uh, let's let's start off with the trivia question. Yes, go ahead. What do you have for trivia? Trivia question is, for all the Twins fans out there, we know it's been a hard season, right? Hard season. Not a lot of wins, a lot of losses. But I did the analysis for the Twins season against how they've done on their three- or four-game series. Uh, like we say, it's always good to, uh, if you can play 500 ball, and then rattle off a 10-game winning streak at one point in the season, you should be okay. But the question is, are you winning series? Are you actually winning series? Uh, uh, and what is the Twins' record on series this year? They played 22 series in the year 2021 against different teams. How many have they won? How many have they lost is a trivia question for today. All right. That's I... it. So go ahead with sports, Andy, and we'll go from All right. Sorry. Share screen here. Do things. Um, I go here. There we are. That's a sports and songs. Boom. Um, you can find I've updated our album of the week part on Spotify. Now, if you look up sports and songs album of the week, I've taken one song off every album and put on there. So uh, feel free to look those up. They're they're available on Spotify. Our Spotify stats for our listeners, they're just podcast stats in general. Um, there we are, our top five countries and top five states we're in. Just want to say thank you to everybody there. Uh, Minnesota State High School League, we're going to go over some uh, finals and state championships. These were as of this morning at 7 o'clock when I did them, so I know there was events today. We'll cover those next week to finalize today, but here's as of this morning. Uh, we'll have boys lacrosse and clay target next week, along with boys and girls track and field are ending up. <clears throat> Excuse me, we'll cover those next week. First of all, Class A champions in girls lacrosse goes to Pryor Lake. Uh, they were the number one seed. They went through with one loss, beat Lakeville South. So congratulations to Pryor Lake. Class A baseball yesterday, all at target field. Hayfield beats New York Mills. Hayfield goes undefeated all year, beats New York Mills, who was the preseason number one. So that was a very good game there, 7-4. to four. And Springfield takes the third-place game over Randolph. Class 2A, Glencoe Silver Lake over Bell Plain. Bell Plain, the little engine that could through the whole tournament there, came up, made it to the championship game, and fell short 10 uh, nothing. But, hey, at least they were there. Aiken takes the third-place game, another unranked team against the number five seed. So good ball there in double-A all the way around. 3A, Minota beats Grand Rapids, the three-seed over the five. And St. Thomas Academy over Sartell in the third-place game. Seems like every boys' sport we do is St. Thomas Academy for something. Football, basketball, baseball, they're all over the place. Hockey. Class 4A, Farmington last night. 12 to 10 over Park in a really good game. And uh, Andover over Minnetonka in the third in the third place game. Minnetonka 
upset number one Annadale in the first round there. But uh, kind of lost the next two afterwards. But, hey, at least they were there. Let's go to girls softball class A. Randolph over Browerville in the championship game. And Edgerton over Badger in the second in the third place game. The Sewer Henderson is your class 2A championship winner. Annadale takes third. 3A, uh, Becker over Winona, the three over the four, and Mankato West over Benilde St. Margaret for third place. And in 4A, Rosemont over Forest Lake, and Centennial over Chan for third place. College World Series is underway. They're starting this weekend. Uh, here's your two brackets. They have bracket A and bracket B, double elimination. Winner of each bracket goes on for the championship. Uh, my picks, like I said, I picked Vanderbilt to win it all along the whole way. So I got Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt and bracket one. And we'll go to upset with Virginia in bracket two. So uh, Vanderbilt and Virginia, the championship is my pick. Uh, these games are all going to be on the ESPN family of networks. You can follow them there. Major League Baseball standings. These are as of this morning, so no games have played today. These have changed because we're recording on Saturday night here. Uh, Tampa Bay is still in first in the East New York League. Half game over Boston. And the Yankees, three games above 500. Toronto, two games below 500. That's going to be important later on, kind of a quiz coming up. Well, not really a quiz, just things you might want to remember later on. But uh, So that division is still pretty stacked, pretty tight. Uh, yeah, the Yankees are the Yankees, so you never really count them out. And Toronto's been playing really good lately. Central, you got the Chai Sox in first, three and a half over the Cleveland. Kansas City 11 out, and there's the Twins taking up last. The East, the A's, and Houston's been playing good lately too. They're, they are uh, only two out. Seattle's been really hot lately. Uh, they're back up to 500 along with the Angels. Two teams right there really kind of making a late run at it. I, Seattle's been really hot. I don't think they're going to make a playoff run, but they can make things exciting for everybody there. Nationally, the Mets, four and a half up. Biggest lead of anybody right now. Um, we'll get into the Mets schedule coming up here later on. Four and a half over Philly, five and a half over the A Braves. The Cubs do have a one-game lead over Milwaukee now. They were tied for a while there. They kept one team won that night, the other team won. They lost, they lost. They were kind of neck and neck, but the Cubs opened up that big one-game lead. And there's Cincinnati two games ahead, and the Cardinals are at 500, only four games out. So that's a tight race right there, too. And in the West, you got the Giants and the Dodgers and the, and the Padres. That hasn't changed much. So the Padres have been dropping lately. So um, hopefully this is a little bump on the road. They can still make things exciting. Speaking of the Mets, because of all the games they lost at the end of the year, starting last week, in 31 days, they got to play 33 games, all these makeup games. Here's our schedule starting on the 11th of uh, – starting last week. So you see that three games set against the Padres, four against the Cubs. And right now we're playing the Nationals. One yesterday, a doubleheader today. Uh, then there's a schedule for the next week. So that's 24th off, but they got two doubleheaders next week. And then uh, the end of the month, they got four games there. Phillies Sunday. One game thrown against Washington. That's one of those makeup games from uh, when everybody had the flu there at the beginning of the year. Then Atlanta, Atlanta, the Yankees. Some more games there before the All-Star break. So the next 31 days, 33 games. As a Mets fan, I'm not 
making excuses. This is just the way life is. Um, Syndergaard's had a little setback. He's going to be out maybe the entire year. Cookie might be back come pennant race time, but uh, let's hope the boys stay healthy. Um, DeGrom the other day went three innings, struck out eight, and had soreness in his side, but he was fine after that. I love DeGrom. I love to see him get great, great big numbers, but you know what? If we get three, four shutout innings to start a game with him all the time, take it. Don't push him. Save him because you, you might need to push him in the playoffs. So I'm okay with all these three, four inning starts right now and maybe injuries. Let's just stay healthy and stay in first place. More Major League Baseball news. Speaking of pitchers, um, pitchers voice up for a while. I heard Glenn Perkins saying this in the Twins game yesterday. They all put some kind of sticky stuff on their hands to grip the ball better so they could get better grip and control of it. And now they're saying, oh, if you're caught with any foreign substance, you're going to get ejected and suspended 10 days with pay. Well, with the exception of the Mets schedule coming up the next few days, a 10-game suspension for a starting pitcher could only mean one start. So he's missing one start and still getting paid for it. you got to come up with a different suspension for pitchers in 10 days. It's got to be two months. got to make it hurt more. Because if a first baseman or outfielder gets suspended for 10 days, that's 10 games. A pitcher gets suspended for 10 games, that's one, maybe two starts. So we'll see how that works out. I hear uh, Garrett Cole talking about it. It's hard to grip the ball. Now you're making a change in midseason. Uh, he's just hoping no one gets hurt. Speaking of hurt, uh, Glasgow, a relief pitcher for Tampa Bay. He just got hurt now, and he's saying it's because he had to quit putting stuff on the ball. So he's having to grip tighter and hurting himself more. Um, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing they should be able to put stuff on the ball. But if you're going to change something like that, do it coming into the season so they got spring training to get ready for it. Don't throw it out there in the middle of the year like this. Another baseball news, the best news I've seen all week in baseball, down in the Dominican, Dominican League, Bartolo Colon, 48 years old, threw a complete game, struck out seven, and gave up two runs. Dan, keep an eye on this guy. You can put him in your over 50 league in a couple of years. Get big sexy up here pitching for you. Um, the All-Star game. Uh, I know you got your, y'all got your uh, schedules at the beginning of the year. They also had an all-star game in Atlanta. They got moved to Colorado this year. And they're doing the all-star voting in two different rounds again. And they're really kind of messing with it. And I don't like it, but it is what it is. And that leads me to my soapbox. Here's the National League starters as of today. Max Muncy of the Dodgers. I'm okay with that. Ozzy Alves of the Atlanta. Good with that. Chris Bryant, third base for the Cubs. Even though he plays halftime in the outfield. Okay, whatever. Uh, Tatis Jr. for San Diego at shortstop. Francisco on the door is not even the top five. Highest paid guy in baseball. Uh, outfield, Acuna Jr., Nick Calios of the Reds, and Jesse Winkler of the Reds, and Buster Posley, uh, San Francisco at catcher. Reds are two games above 500. Atlanta's below 500. So they got two starters right there that are on teams below 500. Because, as we know, the All Star game is a popularity contest not best player or is a best player and just the rest of these teams are really bad let's look at the american league starters and you tell me if it's a popularity contest or truly the best player to each position first base vladimir guerrero jr marcus cinema of toronto at second rafael Durbers of boston at third xavier burger at boston at short trout judge and byron buxton in the outfield 
and Perez, catcher for Kansas City. The Yankees are three games above 500. Boston's above 500. The rest of those guys play in teams that are below 500 right now. Is Vlad Guerrero the best first baseman? Sure, I'll give you that. Boston, are those guys the best right now at the positions? Or is it just because they're Boston and they're drawing well? Trout, good player. I'll argue he should be in the All-Star game. Does Aaron Judge deserve to be in the All-Star game right now? Don't know. I, I don't think he does. I'm not a fan of his right now. Um, that's just me. But I think with that said, it is a popularity contest for the All-Star game. I don't like the fans having – I think if the fans should vote, they vote. Period. Vote them in. But then you got to have a lot – and the coaches voice have to say for the bench players. Okay. I don't like the fact of one player from every team. That kind of dilutes it a little too. So you got the fans voting for their favorite guy who they like. Oh, let's put Buxton in the outfield who hasn't played in the last five weeks. It's kind of take away from guys who've been playing and earned that spot. Um, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yeah, he deserves to be at first. Not a problem with that. Some of the other guys, they deserve their spots where they're at. Who knows? Uh, what's his name? The guy for the Angels, the pitcher and the outfielder. He's he's leading in for DH right now. Okay, say he makes it. Otani. Yeah, if he makes it, are they going to allow him to pitch too? But now he's just taking up two spots, a pitcher and a fielder. If he makes it, he makes us one or the other. Uh, I don't think the DH should be a position, just to be the next best voted position. Again, DH guy, but if you have the DH, great. But if you vote for DH in the American League, you can't vote for DH in the National League. They don't have one. You can't make up a guy and make him be your DH for the All Star ballot. So you're kind of getting an extra guy in on the American League side for votes. Um, Nelson Cruz is one of the best DHs there is. He eighth right now um if you want to make a guy from every team in include the home run derby in that then so let's take the Mets for example put Pete Alonso in the home run derby there's your Mets representative done um I think you can see a lot this year as pitchers kind of like you do in the NFL with the Pro Bowl the ground will be announced for the all-star game he won't play he's been getting pulled after three innings lately because of tightness and this and that I almost guarantee he won't play um, if he does, they're going to say he pitches one inning. That's it. It's a bullpen session, workout day thing. Um, All-Star game is a four-day break this year, not three like usual. So that's why you might see that. But I got it the ground. I could see the Mets just saying no. He'll go, give a tip of the cap, and be announced, and he's heading back home. Um, but and have more skills competition stuff. Have a bunting contest. Have a, a throwing the ball from the outfield contest to get players involved. So, therefore, that's how you got a guy from each team in. I don't like that part of ref each team. That, that's me. I've never never been a fan of it. Because for how many years? In the late 70s, early 80s, where the Twins sucking up a all-star spot that didn't deserve it. You know, God love them. Tim Lauder did not deserve to be an all-star that one year. Just we needed a guy. That, that's my soapbox for the day. Uh, Music-wise, I was looking at Medina's concert calendar. Yeah, nothing coming up. I don't know if they got a lot of weddings up there or if just bands are like doing outdoor festivals for the summer. There's not much at Edina right now, or Medina right now. They do have their uh, Thursday out in the 
patio stuff. It's a free concert, so that's always fun to go to. Uh, go check out some of the Roberts there in Medina. Good bills down there. Uh, free concerts on Thursdays. Support your local bars when they have bands out there. Those guys, if you don't want to go downtown, I'm one of them. Um, a country bumpkin now. I like here in the sticks. Those guys need love, and they're just as good as anyone else. I'd rather sit two tables back and hear a guy that's kind of good than upper deck and hear a guy who's really good. You know, so that, that's me, country bumpkin me. Um, a second trivia question for this. I'll say there today. I'm going through things. ACDC. Great band. Top five band. Everybody's going to argue that and put ACDC on the top five. They actually did a movie soundtrack album. Only it was their album was made into a movie. It was the movie soundtrack. What album was it and what movie was it? It was... Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive, the Who Made Who album. That was the soundtrack for that movie. Stephen King, big ACDC guy. So ACDC, I don't think has ever recorded a ballad. It's like I feel like going, God, I heard, I was listening to old Judas Priest stuff yesterday, and they had a ballad on there once. I'm going, wow, Priest doing a ballad. But ACDC's never done one. I'm looking at stuff for ACDC. When it came up, I'm like, that's right. They were the Maximum Overdrive soundtrack. Who made who? That video, if you look it up, there is your movie information for the day. A month for, for what, a year and a half now? We finally talked about a movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so there we go. Breaking new ground out here on the deck. Um, yeah, that's it. You know, baseball, all-star game, fan voting. Um, and another thing I was thinking of, Dan, maybe you could help me on this. Pro-wise, football's number one. College football is two. Those are your two big sports, TV-wise, popularity-wise. But, okay, like in Minnesota, we got how many different baseball leagues we follow around here? You know, your league, you got the 35 league, you got Minnesota leagues, you got town ball, you got legion, you got everything. Um, hockey, you got how many different sub-leagues of hockey and basketball around all the time? You never hear about a football town team. You know, as well as make you th think type of things. Baseball, you can't listen to a dead cow without a town having some kind of team for baseball, a town team, a American Legion team, or whatever. Uh, you always see pickup games at the YMCA or the gyms for church league softball or church league basketball, uh, hockey, uh, beer league hockey stuff. You see that stuff all over the place for us amateurs, us wannabes. But you never see a football one. Just kind of a that, – that, that's kind of a – Made me kind of think a little bit. That's kind of weird how you – football is so popular at the pro level. I mean, look how popular golf is, but everybody golfs because they can kind of relate to it. I think everybody can relate to hitting a basketball or shooting a basketball or skating. Football is that different skill that, you know, not everybody can do. As much as they say hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in sports, I think uh, getting back up after being sacked by three guys is hard to do too. So <laughs> that's just me. That's – Three three hundred pound guys falling on, he's kind of hard to get back up too. So, <laughs> yes, that's a special skill right there. Yes, it is. But um, kind of a short and sweet episode today. That's what I got, Dan. What do you got for a trivia answer before we get to the album of the week and your other <clears throat> trivia answer? 
the question is baseball it always runs on a standings uh, basis win loss win loss percentage how many wins how many losses and that's the focus that's the metric that's the way it always has been uh, i'm a fan i'd like to see the stats on a series basis uh, how each team does in their three or four game series on the road at home what's their record in a series um, they don't really push that too often. The Twins, of course, are having a bad year this year. I asked earlier on the trivia question, what's the Twins' win-loss record series-wise? How many series of the 20, 22 series they played this year? The answer is the Twins have only won five series. Wow. All year. They've lost 15 and tied two. You're not going to go very far if you're winning only five series all season long. And that reflects nope. that reflects because they are the fifth worst team in baseball now they only have five you know they they're on a pretty good uh, cadence of winning one game in a three-game series losing two winning one that's that's just what they've been just doing the last last month it seems like they're winning one game in a three-game series all the time uh that's not going to cut it and the teams that are good are winning those series all the time you don't even have to score you don't have to sweep. You can just, if you go by and start winning series and get in the habit of winning all your series, uh, at the end, you'll be just fine. You win four out of seven games, you're World Series champions. Yes. And so the, the, the reason I bring it up this week is the Twins are the fifth worst team in baseball. Uh, the fourth worst team in baseball is the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers. So the Twins are playing them this weekend. The Twins are playing the Texas Rangers this weekend. It's a chance for the Twins and Twins fans to get our possible sixth series win this weekend. Father's you Day know, weekend. And, and going back to what I said earlier about the All-Star game, imagine if Pujols was still at the Angels. If they'd have Altani listed as an outfielder and Pujols would be leading his DH. That'd be three players on a below 500 team making the All-Star game. You know? Yeah. Again, just because you're an All-Star doesn't mean your team's going to be a winning team. I think that's what yeah. I'm trying to make it takes more than having a one all-star to be a winner. Mets are in first place. Not one guy listed. I've heard, I've heard, the argument could also be made for the all-stars team is to have the best defensive players at each position in that all-star game and using stats of putouts, assists and fielding percentage uh, and, and throw away the average home runs and RBIs offensively, but make it a defensively game best at their position. Uh, truly the best because you can record that as a stat just like you can uh, offensive but because it's been a all-star fan favorite popularity contest that's hard to gauge uh, yep that's what i if they had a, a a skills competition thing to that way you can cover a player from every team have a, yep. a I, i've seen it before uh like where the catcher's got to throw it through a tire at second base or something like that or yeah outfielder has to throw it into a tire outfield bunting stuff like that There's that would be sp- interesting that I'll would that would draw more fans uh, on a televised show, yeah. hour program or something basic like that. Yeah, so making the home run derby a four-hour program, I'll watch guys throw, throw a ball through a tire all night long. That's kind of fun too. Yes. So something I've different. got two. I've got two things for sports. Yes. Uh, baseball related, and and uh, both are Minnesota baseball related, of course. So uh, we've got this week in the Miller Light Invitational Baseball Tournament, hosted by. Green Isle and Hamburg this week. And so this weekend they bring in 16 teams, all class C, I believe, double elimination mm-hmm. tournament. Uh, they start at Thursday and Friday 
continue on through today. I'll be posting updates tomorrow. They wrap it up. Some good, some good teams in there. It's also a handful of teams that are average or not so good, but there's some good talent in the winner's bracket of the 16 teams is Lisur, Monticello, Isanti, the Carver Black Sox, St. Clair Wood Ducks, who really surprised me at the game that I went to. That should be a top 10 ranked team, possibly top five in the state uh, for Class C. Hutchinson, Springfield, and Green Isle. Now the losing bracket, the teams playing today to win to advance to the consolation or lose to go home is the Milroy Yankees, Hamburg, Bell Plain, Tokyo, Cologne, Cologne Hollanders, uh, pretty good team. They got beat 10 to nothing in the first round. Uh, so they're playing for their lives today. And then they got Osceola, Red Wing Aces, and the, and the Dawson Drakes. Dawson Drakes. So we got some good baseball there. It's five bucks to get in. Great location for both of those. Hamburg, if you go, get a little preview of the state tournament. That's one of the sites for the state tournament this August. We went on Tuesday and saw um, Delano and Loretto play. They say, they, they say that's the number one best uh, best field in the state of Minnesota right now. Best park. Delano, yep. So I've got one, two more things for amateur uh, senior men's baseball. Senior over 35 men's in, uh, we're about six really weeks like into the season into the uh, six weeks into the season for the over 35 men's baseball. Here's the top four teams, win-loss record. Minoka, the Minoka team, East Metro, Lakeville, last year's winner is eight and one. Elko, six and one. East Metro, eight and one. And Minoka, I mentioned before, is seven and oh. Uh, so those are the top four teams. A lot of teams in the state, over 50 teams in the state of Minnesota for over 35. And the over 50 league started uh, the teams that haven't played yet all got running off today. Uh, today and tomorrow we'll have every team started their first week. Some teams have played a bunch of games already, but for instance, for us, we just played today. So we got one game under our belt uh, down there in St. Patrick uh, with a win, a four to three win today over Webster. So we're off and running on that season. That's a later season. It starts in June, goes through September. That's all I've got for sports today. And in that Sony Discman of yours this week, what have you been listening to? Here's the Sony Walkman. Or Walkman. It is, I'm going to share my screen. The album that I've got is Degradation Trip, the second solo album by Allison Chains guitarist Jerry Cantrell. Jerry Cantrell. This was released June 18th, 2002. Yesterday was the 19-year anniversary of this album. 19 years ago, it was released yesterday. Uh, this marks the difficult transition from Columbia Records to Roadrunner. This album was, was dedicated to Allison lead singer Lane Staley, who died two months before the release of this album. And the title Degradation Trip was taken from the song called Solitude, the fifth track on the album with, uh, that uses that as a lyric. Degradation Trip featured two singles and was well received by critics, faring much better than Cantrell's solo album and bearing stronger resemblance to his work with Alice in Chains. The two songs were Anger Rising and Angel Eyes. The album 
went gold, 100,000 uh, copies sold, and is listed right now as number 21 on Rolling Stone's 50 Greatest Grunge Albums of All Time. The song, the, the album was a result of an intense writing process that resulted in Cantrell writing and coming up with lyrics and music composition for 25 songs all by himself while in solitude. He had both the, 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 the group Alice in Chains that kind of uh, slowed down. They were, they were in the process of kind of breaking up. Uh, things were not headed too well there. So he used this time to do a couple solo albums. The majority, the, the, el the songs in this album were written while in seclusion in a house in the Cascade Mountains. He was in a self-imposed isolation. Cantrell re recorded demos using a four-track and what he brought with him was a Gibson Les Paul guitar. He said, here's what happened. In 1998, I locked myself in my house and went out of my mind and wrote 25 songs. I rarely bathed, rarely bathed during that period of writing. I sent out for food. I really didn't venture out of my house in three or four months. It was a hell of an experience. The album is an overview of birth to now. Basically compiled his, his life album uh, typically i'll call it a therapeutic album of uh things that he struggled with over his years and wrote them all down that he got into a writing session which lasted three or four months where i just continued to spew and pour all this shit out of the depths of myself from every level and aspect of my life i dealt with a lot of issues that aren't easy for me to verbally get across he said but I think it's easy for me to go and do it in a musical venue. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I went through the experience. But it's certainly something I don't ever want to go through again. <laughs> huh. Sacrifices I make. Yeah, he, uh, he, he locked himself in isolation and, and wrote it all out. He said, quote, I was just really effed up back then, to be honest with you. You can totally hear it on that record. It was right before he got sober. So he get... He gets sober after doing this this album, uh, and everything's fine now. But boy, this is a troubling time back in his life. Uh, he also said it was done right, dealing with the death of the band and the unhappy coincidence of Lane Staley's passing, right after I released the record. So it was not a good time in my life, and it totally comes off in the record. It does strike a chord with a lot of people. It's a record I don't listen to a lot anymore because of all those things I mentioned. I sobered up a year after Lane passed away, but it's a record that's important to me. And uh, it's important that he did it. <clears throat> so then he got the songs written, the lyrics and the music, didn't have a band. Now at this point in his life, he wanted to disassociate himself with the Alice in Chains band. So he picked a bassist, Robert Trujillo from Ozzy Osbourne and later Metallica. And then he also picked, that was his, his bassist, and he picked up uh, Mike, Mike Borden, the drummer. Uh, so he had to deliver, he deliberately wanted to refrain from his roots with Alice in Chains bandmates and do a solo career in a true solo setting without uh, co-mingling with, with those guys. Now, he gets those guys, gets the music, gets them in the studio to record all 25 songs before they went on tour 
they had to work out the schedule because the bassist and the drummer that he just picked up were currently with their normal band. So they had to wait till those uh, concerts and, and things were done with those tours. So he found himself, this was all dragging out. Cantrell found himself losing Columbia Records approval for this project, for this 25 song project. Columbia Records says, you know what? Uh, I don't think we're going to, uh, there have there been less and less interest in doing something like this. <clears throat> as soon as the recording began, his contract with Sony, parents to Columbia Records, had end, ended, leaving him with, with staggering studio bill invoices. The bills from the studio time was all sitting now in his name. So he continued to finance it on his own, even mortgaged his house to do so. He ended up developing the album to its completion without any label interference was the good thing. He didn't have to wait on anybody. He said, you know what, I'm going to do this project by myself at my own, at my own cost. He said it was very strange for me, quote, because his experience in the music business had been with one band and one label. The last couple of years, he said, I was not on my own uh, label and recording it that he committed himself to, but it was like almost like being a brand new artist. He had to go around to all these various different labels now and pitch it to try to get someone to sell and, and uh, distribute this album. He had to go and sign up for meetings and go through and uh, meet with these uh, record labels. And he kept hearing the same thing over and over. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, we love you. And then he said, all of a sudden, nothing would happen. It's a little disheartening after a while. Finally, he was picked up by Roadrunner who insisted that Cantrell narrow his solo work down to 14 songs. So remember, he's got 25 songs recorded basically in the can, ready to go. Right? Roadrunner says uh, they'll release it, but the most they can do is 14 songs. Anything more than that, people don't tend to buy uh, double, double albums and things to that effect. They said, don't worry, you can later release the additional tracks uh, down the road, and he did that. So the music lyrics, the lyrics are aggressive, metallic approach with dark tones. Degradation trip easily compares to Cantrell's previous work in Alice in Chains. Uh, it's, it's also a, a hallmark of Cantrell, Cantrell's style that has many unorthodox rhythms and time signatures. Very different. It's, it's, a, it's a grunge uh, kind of an album, but uh, it's, it's very much... Uh, similar, I guess, to the, to the Alice in Chains. The lyrics are often haunting and confessional, and they range from cynical sarcasm to explicitly morbid portrayals. Cantrell vents on his lyrics on the demise of the band and other personal issues with depictions of drug abuse, troubled relationships, and the rocky hedonistic lifestyle of a musician. The album's title refers to Cantrell's self-imposed isolation and appears on the song Solitude. The lyrical impact of songs such as Psychotic Break also describes Cantrell's seclusion and reflects on this deceased family and friends and was only prophetic, uh, prophetically magnified upon sudden death of Allison Chain's lead singer, Lane Staley, that, that came out. Uh, very, very interesting. Now, the album cover was unveiled in April 2002. The artwork was designed by Pascal Brun, Brun and the photographs were shot by uh, Comenius Roethlisberger, and both these guys were on a, on a media uh, team called Team Switzerland uh, that did the artwork, and it's very strange 
green color album with an arm, Cantrell's arm with, with the, uh, that threads there, looks like a hand playing a guitar on the, on the neck, on the fretboard. All right, lastly, the song She Was My Girl appeared on a soundtrack for the film Spider-Man that came out in 2002. I didn't know that before, uh, before either. So here's the track listing. First song is Psychotic Break. Second song is Bargain Basement, Howard Hughes. Third one is the song they released called Anger Rising. Song four is Angel Eyes. Song five, Solitude. Song six, Mother Spinning in the Grave. Song seven is Hellbound. Eight, Give It a Name. Song nine is Castaway. Song 10 was She Was My Girl. Uh, and then song 11 is Chemical Tribe. Basically talks about that whole generation. It's not a chemical, a tribe, uh, all, these, all these people with drug and alcohol use. 12 song is Spider Bites. And last two songs are Locked On and Gone. Uh, once again, Robert Trujillo, bass guitarist. He was with Black Label Society, Ozzy. Osborne and later Metallica and the drums by Mark, uh, Mike Borden, Mike Borden. He was with Faith No More, drummer for Faith No More. The album length is 72 minutes and 30 seconds. And I'll repeat that 72 minutes and 30 seconds. And these are the 14 songs that they release. Remember Cantrell was trying to release all 25. Now, so some of the release, uh, some of the reviews is that it has very bleak, lyrical themes uh, it's a poetic trip that's a journey worth taking and they have uh, one here says it has strikingly vivid lyrics vivid lyrics well he really comes out i went through this weekend uh, this week and listened to this and uh, it's almost it's a it's a therapy album is really what it is he wrote it down never went to therapy but he did this to get everything out into the open about what he was going through this time in his life now the last thing the last thing I'll mention, they did get the guys together to record, waited for their schedules to free up to do the concert tours, and they toured. And two bands he said he had interest with, uh, Nickelback. He loved the guys from Nickelback. Great bunch of guys liked to tour with Nickelback. But part of the tour was with Creed. And he, he said that was a little more stale. Uh, the guys there in Creed, a little more stale. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, wasn't as fun. Um, he said he really not, he never got the chance even to meet and got to know those guys, but he said he really enjoyed uh, working with the band Nickelback and, and, and touring with them. A great bunch of guys, very friendly, and a good bunch of guys. That's the album. It's 2002, Jerry Cantrell's solo work, Degradation Trip. Very nice. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that one. I've heard a couple songs off it, but I haven't heard the whole album, no. He, uh, if you download the entire... They released all 25 songs now. It's called Degradation Trip Volume 1 and 2 on a 25-song album. And it's, it's very interesting. I've gone through and listened to those other uh, 11 songs that were unreleased. But he calls the, the, uh, the 14 songs that were released in this album, he calls this the Reader's Digest version of this therapeutic session that he, that he did. He went to self-imposed solitude to write this. And many of the, some of the lyrics were him when he was blaming Lane Staley for going into solitary confinement, being in solitude when he's all going through his drug problems, pointing the finger at Lane Staley by saying, what are you doing? 
he found himself doing the same thing. So he apologizes to Lane and a bunch of these uh, lyrics for calling him out because Cantrell, he found himself doing the same thing, put himself in a house for three months in the Cascade Mountains and hardly ever bathed. <laughs> this is a guy reaching his lowest, but came out in amazing, amazing album. That's all I've got for the album of the week. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like a good, uh, a good weekend listen, you know. Um, one more thing about Town Ball I was thinking of here as we were talking about that. I was looking at uh, I posted the schedule for Watertown's Red Devils online on our Facebook page. So you'll see that there. I see a lot of teams coming up. Uh, state tournament coming up in August, as so that's coming up just around the corner. A lot of games in July coming up. A lot of busy schedules there. Um, got to remember when these guys are playing. They got jobs 9 to 5 during the week, too, when they're doing this. And you look at their schedule, they're playing like six out of eight days, four out of seven days, plus a regular life, plus taking their kids to practice for their things and everything else. So hats off to those guys that are doing it, man. This is not just – they're taking this seriously. It's not just something to do like – it's not just a bowling league on Tuesday nights for them, okay? This is this is their thing. So this is, this give them stuff, a lot of respect man. and love when you're Yeah. A lot not of teams. Not just guys on Tuesday night bowling league. Take it seriously, but that's one night a week. These guys are out there four or five nights a week. Yeah, they're a lot of these teams have 15 games under their belt at this point, and they'll have uh, when, it, when it's all said and done around 30 when the when the playoffs and everything begins. I know when we were at the uh, Delano game on Tuesday against Loretto, that uh, they saluted the high school sports, the high school baseball team that was there. Three of them playing the Delano team, one plays on the Loretto team. They haven't come out. And- Here's four of the guys from the high school team that are playing these ball teams too. So off to them on the stuff they're doing on Tuesday nights. That's fun to watch too. You hear about the towns more or less these teams' stories too. Um, if you go back to watch some, you missed cool story. And this, uh, and then this week, Box Town Town Ball Tour goes to St. Patrick. So. Uh, yep. We'll get to see that field. That's another has a long-standing history with that field there, and the ballpark. No lights. All the day, all the games are day games, weekend games. So old school. But that's all I've got for this week. Remember to uh, leave your comments yeah, and you watch and suggestions uh, below on on these episodes. Also requests we're looking for. That's all. Yep, I've got. Like I said, I've got our links up there for our Facebook pages, Instagram, Twitter. That'd be good. All right, see you, everyone. Have a good week. See you. Bye.